Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Please Ask Mickey, a podcast uh, where we talk about the real, all the real shit when it comes to being a mum and being a woman. And as you know, at the moment, we are talking about birth. This season is all about birth, um, inspired by myself because I recently gave birth. And because this podcast has my name in the title, I get to talk about whatever I want. So um, without further ado, today I'm talking to the I'm, I connected with this woman through Instagram, the world of Instagram, which I actually love. Um, and she she reached out to me when I was pregnant and whinging all the time because when I was pregnant, I was whinging all the time. <laughs> She's giggling right now. Um, <laughs> and so Brooke, uh, her name is Brooke, and Brooke has uh, a business called Bouncing Back from Birth, and she is all about women. She's obsessed with women and their power and their perception and helping them see it within themselves. And she creates products that helps to um, support women through birth and postpartum. And she's just wonderful. And I just, um, yeah, I fell in love with her as soon as I connected with her. So I had to have her on the show today. Brooke, welcome. Thank you for having me. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Everyone says hi. Hi. Um, <laughs> so I'm so excited to have you on here because um, as I mentioned and as you've told me time and time again, you're obsessed with women. You're obsessed with um, helping women see how powerful they are because we are. We're fucking powerful. We just spoke about it for ages before we even started actually recording. I was like, why haven't we been recording we any of this stuff? We were just chatting. Um, and I love that because, oh, you know, I'm. that's how I feel. And I love talking to other women who are passionate about women um, because we're amazing. And that's why, more than anything, why I felt it's so important to discuss birth for an entire season because that is, I feel like, when a lot of women really – notice their power. That's when they really see their potential because it's just the most, birth is so fucked. Hey, like it's so, I mean, in the, like in the good way, the good fucked, you know how there's good fucked and bad fucked. Um, It's transformative. (laughs) You know, you go, you go to the, some other side of which there is no, you know, point to return. Yes. (laughs) Totally. Like I, I know I used to explain to my friends who were about to give birth when they asked me, what's it like? And I just, you can't, there's really no words to explain it to someone until they've, uh, like been through it themselves. It's so hard to Mm. to explain. I used to only say like, it's just, you feel the epitome of every single emotion. Like you feel every Mm. single emotion on the entire Mm -hmm. scale of emotions at their epitome. Like yep. every single one of them, pain at the same time, happiness. Yep. Yes, all at once. It's very full <laughs> <All> on. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I I explain it to, in the exact same way. It's it's everything all at once. Yes, it's so and I and I find that's true for motherhood as well. Is that spectrum of of emotion and feeling is every day, everything <laughs> all at once. <laughs> I feel bipolar. Like like within a three minute like just period like I'll go from being so happy and in love and like oh my god I love my children so much Mm. to like yelling or like crying and being like how do I do this my toddler owns me or you know like I'm so just and that'll be like within two minutes (laughs) yeah like and yeah that's exactly right so you feel everything like within one day oh my god I feel like our emotions have just 
like it's a full roller coaster, such a roller coaster. And because you can literally That's feel right. sad and grateful at the same time, it's nuts. You can, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I know you were saying to me that, and like as I was explaining before, a lot of us sort of um, recognize our power through birth. Um, mm. And I know when I was asking you sort of about your journey, you said that's sort of where it kind of started for you. That was like sort of the, the catalyst, mo- mm. you know, that moment. Um, explain. <laughs> Tell mm. me. <laughs> well, um, you know, leading up to my, my, the birth of my son, my firstborn, I was, I was really nervous. I had a lot of anxiety and um, the kind of impression that I had of birth was this really awful, uncontrollable thing. And I had a lot Mm. of anxiety around it. I'd been hearing a lot of, you know, fear-based birth stories. Um, And I was very lucky to attend an independent childbirth education class. And it completely transformed the way that I then saw birth and I I left it feeling really empowered and really strong and really capable and all of the anxiety that I had just kind of fell away and I had the plan to, you know, to have a a drug-free, you know, intervention-free natural birth and, you know, Mm -hmm. I would share this with people and they would laugh at me (laughs) and and say, oh, yeah, well, you know, wait and see, you know, see once you're actually, you know, you actually feel what it's like, and I thought, okay. Um, but you know, as it turned out, I was very well prepared, and you know, it went down that way. And I just remember having my son in my arms and just being like, "Holy shit! Did I actually just do that?" That's um, so nice. I was and it was <laughs> it was amazing because everyone had said I couldn't. Everyone, you know, people, when I say people laughed at me, they did. And it was just so empowering to have him and to have just had that experience. I can't even explain how empowering it was. And my husband was just jaw on the floor looking at me like, and he said, I can't believe you just did that. I can't yeah. believe you just did that. Um, and in that moment, it was like, holy shit, this is what women are capable of. This is what women can do. This is what, you know, this is the power that we have. And how did I not know this? How did I not? How are we not screaming this from the rooftops? Right. You know, like, how are we not, like, just tapping strangers on the shoulder in the street going, hey, like... This is what we can do. How are we not like walking around how, owning yeah. the world? Like, how are we not? Yeah, how do how do women not run the world? Yeah. That's like how are we not walking around with this power all the time? Exactly. Um, and it was yeah, it was a a real kind of like yeah awakening, I guess. Um, and it was like you know, I thought of you know all my friends who had you know, birth before me, like the women in my life that were birth before me. I was like, fuck, you all did this. And, mm. but where was that, um, where was that love and, you know, power sharing, you know, your, in, in sharing your experience? Like why was it such, why was it all driven by fear and not, mm. yeah, full of love and, yeah, and, and power? 
Um, so yeah, that kind of really got me thinking and the, you know, my son's birth was wonderful. Um, but what followed kind of wasn't wonderful. Um, I did have some tearing after mm-hmm. my son's birth. Um, and yeah, when the obstetrician came to do my suturing, um, my son was born on the uh, changeover of staff. And so my beautiful midwife who had been with me through my whole birth, she left and a new midwife came in and the obstetrician was um, clearly in a hurry to finish off his shift and get home. And, you know, I totally understand that, you know, they're long hours and, you know, you're tired, probably tired at the end of the shift, but, you know, I'm still a human who has just birthed a baby. Yeah, with her legs <laughs> open on the table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, he, he came in, there was no, um, you know, hello, what's your name, how are you feeling? Um, it was just looked at my chart, oh, um, no epidural. I'm <laughs> um, like, uh, you know, having just had this, you know, like I explained, this amazing high and just feeling completely empowered and amazing. And I was just like, um, no. And he said, oh. And that was your choice, was it? Oh. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> no, my husband um, abused me into it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, like, I didn't realise that there was anyone else who had a stake in this. Um, yeah, my, uh, no uterus, no yeah. opinion. You're like, my my yeah. body, my choices. That's right. What a weird um, thing and to I was say. Like, yeah. I said, well, yes. And he's like, oh, okay then. And I think, I don't know whether he was annoyed by that. It sounded like he was annoyed by really? that. Um, yeah. What a weird thing to be annoyed then, about. Well, I think because he then had to, like, get the um, anaesthetic to administer um, oh, to do so my suturing. Mm. An extra step in the process because um, I'm a selfish bitch. How inconvenient. Yeah. How dare you birth your baby naturally? <laughs> I know. Um and yeah, as it turned out, um, he didn't administer enough anaesthetic, and I did um, feel a lot of the suturing oh. um, that went on, oh. and was um, you know retracting my you know my rear in pain, yeah, um, and that annoyed him further, oh. and he was really aggressive and yelled at me to keep you know keep your bum down, keep still, oh my God. and. Um, yeah, he took out this aggression in his suturing and my whole body was shaking um, with the pulling and tugging of, of him suturing. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it left me with really excessive bruising and um, swelling and it was a really horrible experience and no woman should ever have to go through that. No. Um, and it was only, you know, afterwards, that I started to kind of process it all and, you know, know that it wasn't normal and that um, that was not okay. So, um, what a cunt. Like, just yeah, honestly. Absolutely. And it's one of those things and it's like, wow, you went through all of this education and study to, you know, into obstetrics um, and you clearly don't care. You clearly have no respect for women. You mm-hmm. don't care about, you know, their outcomes and, you know, all of that kind of thing. So, hey, maybe move on and find something else <laughs> where yeah. you can actually serve people. Um, but, yeah, it was 
the recovery was awful and the information was, you know, to manage my tearing was non-existent and trying to, you know, get the information from midwives um, during home visits was really difficult. Um, and I just found myself saying, how do I manage this? What can I do? It's really painful. I can't sit down. Um, oh and it nearly, um, it nearly claimed the, the breastfeeding journey between my son and I because it was just so painful to, to sit for that amount of time. Jesus. And, um, yeah, so I did manage to, you know, find all these kind of comforts and measures and, um, you what know, they kind like, of... What helps? Um, so things like um, putting lavender in a bath, in a sitz bath, um, oh, Epsom yeah. salt, um, filling one of the um, ideas was filling a, fr- a condom with water and putting it in the freezer. Oh, no way. To make, <laughs> to make an ice pack. Oh, my God, um, like for and, inside, like insert it. Yeah, <gasps> yeah. Brilliant, um, actually. Yeah, which is handy, but like it's not that comfortable. Yeah, and then it would like <laughs> it would melt. Condom. Yeah, yeah, that would be weird. It, yeah, when it melts, that's just. And the last so thing you want to do is insert anything <laughs> up there. I know I had PTSD. Well, no, you don't. You don't the... insert it. You oh don't god, okay. I was like, yeah, you sit on it. Oh Jesus! I was like, that's a bit fucked. Like that was the last thing I wanted after I had babies. Anything going up there? Wow. Um, just well, yeah, free, freeze, freeze you for JJ. <laughs> yeah, well, that's and like you don't want it too cold on your on your bits and pieces. Although numbing would no, probably be good. It's probably what you're yeah. after. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know there were there were as it turns out, there's a whole bunch of things that you can do. And I remember it, it was like three weeks, and I was still mm. having difficulty walking comfortably. Oh. Um, and just starting, finally starting to get some comfort. And I was like, this is bullshit. Like, where was all this information beforehand? Mm-hmm. Um, why wasn't this given to me in a pamphlet? Or, like, yeah, how did I not know about all of these measures and all of these things that I could do to, you know, to take care of myself? And that was just the practical side, like the physical, um, yeah, practical side of things that doesn't even cover you know, the emotional yeah. side <laughs> yeah. of, um, you know, of coping postpartum. So, mm. Yeah, it was then, it was that experience that kind of was the catalyst of, um, yeah, falling madly in love with women and our power and wanting t- to support them in finding that and, yeah. So I, I mentioned at the beginning for everyone that you have um, bouncing back from birth is, Yes. That's your business. And you have a range mm-hmm. of products that helps women, um, like supports women with, you know, through their birth and postpartum journey and all that kind of thing. Um, yes. So where did that, where did, where did that story turn into the products and like, how did all that evolve? Well, initially bouncing back from birth was um, a collection of, you know, many different brands um, that I, I had kind of sourced and found. Um, and it was after the birth of Lola, my second, um, where I really started to, I guess, have really 
I guess, more developed and stronger ideas about how I personally wanted to support women in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I reflected a little more on, you know, the experience and the practicalities of postpartum. And I just had a really clearer vision of, um, you know, what I wanted to offer. Um, And I set about, yeah, creating creating those products and um, for very specific, um, you know, challenges that we face, so like perineal um, tearing and, um, you know, cramps. And we talked about, you know, your shoulders and your neck are completely fucked from breastfeeding. And so making, you know, making a whole range of products that were complementary and really targeted to, um, you know, to, to the immediate you know, six weeks postpartum. And I don't think you realise how important those things are. So, because I had, mm. you you sent me some of your products and, mm. oh my God, they literally <laughs> saved me. They did. And I was even just telling you before, I was using one of them yesterday, like, no, this morning. <laughs> so, like, I know you, first there was the, what's the, What's the wee bottle? I always forget its name. Oh, the the per, the peri bottle, the perineal irrigation. Oh my bottle. god, that is just like that. That should be given it's a to you when, like, yeah. As soon as you are like, I'm pregnant. The doctor, like the midwife, should be like, congratulations. Here's a wee bottle. This you will here's need. A, this this is going. Here's to, your key. Here's yeah, your key pretty which much. Will unlock <laughs> the door into motherhood. This will save you. And because you gave yeah. me um, what's the stuff that you put? So uh, normally you put warm water in it, but you also created yeah. this beautiful, um, was it Vits My, Vits My Vajay? <laughs> oh my. Sits My Vajits. Sits My Vajits. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. God. You're, and cause you did all of the, you came up with all the product names and everything yourself, didn't you? Yes. It is yeah, it brilliant. There's like vulvas on the, like on the, yes. the designs. There's like Sits My Vajits. There's, um, yes. what are the other ones? There's... Spritz my vajit. That's so my favourite. Sits and spritz my vajit. Their sister product. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, they are. I love that. Yeah. Um, and therefore, yeah, therefore, tender and swollen vulvas. Yeah. Um, there's boob soothe. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> there's I'm not tense, which is the um, the massage oh, roll that you have. That I have been sm- actually just like going to chime in here there. Um, that is something you do not realize that you would use the shit out of. Like when you gave me the pack, I saw the wee bottle and I was like, we'll definitely use that. So the suits my vajits. And I was like, obviously, so long as everything goes to plan, I have a vaginal birth, I'll be using the shit mm-hmm. out of this. But mm-hmm. the massage oil, I was like, oh, that's probably, it seemed to me like more of like a luxury thing. Like if I can, mm-hmm. if I can convince Chris to give me a massage, I'm sure I'll use that. <laughs> but I think it has been the most used product. Like, like I think I've got a drop left because I, every single, that was like my, because your shoulders get really fucked up, whether you're breastfeeding or you're bottle feeding or whatever it is. Because if you're like, you're just always crashing and even just getting used to carrying a baby around all the time, you, you're like, you've gone from never holding a kid all of a sudden you're just like especially mm. once you've got multiples of them you're holding like seven kids if you know yeah. you've gone that and you're crazy. you're bathing them you're changing nappies yeah, you're so you know you're 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 using your upper body just constantly you're not you know you're probably sleeping all yeah. wonky and 
So you yeah. just get full fucked up. And that, honestly, I've massaged it into my, every single morning, that would be the first thing I'd do. Wake up. Oh, Amazing. Okay. Well, second. Okay. So I get up, make coffee. And then as it would be, I'd turn the coffee machine on. And as I, the coffee machine was warming up, that's when I would just have it on the kitchen bench and I would just put it on my shoulders and massage it in. And Beautiful. I'd like close my eyes and it was just such a like, it was a treat myself moment, but also a like, I actually genuinely need this to survive the day moment because yeah. my shoulders are so sore. <laughs> Especially when you first wake up in the morning. I think that's when they're the worst. Mm, um, absolutely. And that's, you don't understand how happy that makes me because the whole range was intended to inspire rituals and inspire mm. moments for self-love and self-care and to hear that you know, that that massage oil has made its way into a beautiful ritual for you in the morning. It's just, that's all I could ask for. Um, and I think, you know, for me, these little rituals and, you know, these little spaces of time that we carve out for ourselves postpartum are so important um, yes. in coping and, um, you know, navigating this, you know, this brand new world. Actually, let's discuss that further because that's something I really want to talk about is the fact that, you know, a lot of the time we, and as I said, like this is this is what has inspired this entire series for me is that I feel like birth is so, women, women giving birth is just the most underrated thing on the entire planet. Like... <laughs> Also, funnily enough, the most necessary thing on the planet. Exactly, isn't it? <laughs> like, it's it's like because, and it's the same with pregnancy, you know, and just all these things that women do and go through and our body and even physically, what our bodies go through and our, what our bodies have to mm. endure. Um, mm. And like, even just after having a baby, like, you know, my wrists are fucked up now. You know, there's all these things like, mm. and you know, if you've got curly hair, sometimes it goes straight, just little things, your hair falls out, mm -hmm. your body just goes, mate, I didn't like, you need to just give me a break because I just made a person. That wasn't that long ago yeah. that we just did that. And so it you took just nine months. It took nine months yes. to make this person and it's going to take nine months or more to, you know, Recover. get it get itself back in order and, yeah, recover and for things to go back to, you know, internally, um, yep. you know, to go back to the to where they were and find their place. It's one of the – this probably sounds really strange. It might be a bit of a TMI. Oh, not on this podcast. One of the, not, on the, not on this podcast. <laughs> it's all about TMI. <laughs> one of the things I actually really wish I had done and if there's any anyone out there listening who is, you know, pregnant or a about to, you know, thinking of becoming pregnant was to actually touch and explore and feel and take note of my breasts before pregnancy uh -huh. and birth and, um, and my vulva and my vagina. And just because I found postpartum, you know, there is so much change and it was like I'd forgotten what it was like prior to pregnancy and it was like, oh, is that... Is was that how it was? Is that oh, like is, is that, that my normal? normal? Is that is yeah? Is that? And I think in terms of like caring for yourself and um, you know knowing when something's something up or is that nothing to be concerned about? Having that point of reference, yeah, would have been really handy. <laughs> that's actually so, yeah, that's a really really good point. I'd mm. never even thought of that, but it is so true. And we are so disconnected from. Yeah. those parts of ourselves 
you know, because it's almost yep. like, I don't know, like it's so crazy because it's our body, right? But we feel uh-huh. like we can't even really explore that. And even just on just exactly what you said, like just that physical understanding of like what goes where, it's the same when it comes to yep. periods. Like I recently, mm. not recently, I haven't had my period for a while now, but back um, when I got my period back after having Maddie, I started using a menstrual cup mm. and it was fascinating to me because all of a sudden I got to really see what my body was doing. Like I really mm. under, started to learn my period. I started to realize that we actually don't bleed as much as we think we do, but because yeah. we only ever see it like, you know, in a pad or in a tampon or whatever it mm. is, mm. you don't actually, it just seems like so much more than what it is, but it's so amazing and you can, and I mm. really took notice. I took notice of the color. I took notice of the mm. texture. I took notice of mm. everything. And it's a perfect indicator um, yeah. to sort of like really understand what your body's doing and whether you're healthy and whether your body's yeah. trying to tell you something. You know, we are so disconnected from ourselves and so mm. disconnected from, as you said, like our power and just our everything. And like, mm. I think women are starting to realize, you know, that. <laughs> we need to get back to that. We need to come back to yeah. like ourselves. And that's where a lot of our power lies within like our vagina and our womb and everything, because that's where Absolutely. we make a human, you know, that's mm. like how much more powerful does it get than making Absolutely. a person? We get a cold. It doesn't and we get, get much more. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't get, that's exactly right. We think like blows my mind how, we can make a whole person and like not even think about it. We just walk around for nine months and we're just making a person and we're like bitch and whinge about it a little bit. And we're like, Oh, so annoying. I'm so (laughs) fucking moody. I just want to eat ice cream all the time. But then, you know, like we'll have a baby and two weeks later, we'll have a, get a cold and we're stressing and we're like, Oh Mm. my God, I need, you know, antibiotics or like cold and flu tablets or whatever. Like it's like the biggest thing in the world. And yet Mm. we're like, oh, wait, if my body can make a whole person, I'm pretty sure it can recover a cold. You know, like we're just, (laughs) isn't that so, only just ever since having a baby, that in itself has just blown my mind. Now, whenever I you know, get unwell or whatever, and I start to go into that kind of like, oh my God, I'm sick, blah, blah, blah. What am I going to do? My body's like, hates me. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. Chill the fuck out. No. You made a person. I'm pretty sure you can it knows like what to do. Yeah, it can just let you it can, do its thing. Just exactly. Ride it out. Get out of the way. Just like step aside. Let it sort itself out. I'm pretty sure it can recover this cold. Stop being a fucking dramatic bitch. Just like <laughs> oh, it's so true though. We just have no we have no um faith. No faith or trust in our own bodies or ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think um, I love that you you talked about the menstrual cup and you know noticing and seeing your bleed um, because visibility is is huge and is everything mm. and all of a sudden when you you know when you make something visible um, you normalise it and yeah. it just becomes a part of every day and just the way that things are and um, yeah exploring you know our bodies our breasts our vulvas our periods our discharge. Um, Yes. And just, you know, that being just the way that it is and having no shame attached to it and having no, um, you know, negative thoughts or opinions um, about it, it, it just all of a sudden becomes visible and normal and, you know, we keep talking about power and there there is so much power in that because, you know, we are the owners of our body and 
how can we be empowered to advocate for it and care for it when we have no idea about what's going on with it and how it works and how it operates. That's so true. That's like even in your, I guess, the situation where you were in where you had that awful, horrible doctor who just came in, didn't give a fuck about the fact he Mm. just like pushed your kid out and just started Mm. stitching you up like he was, you know, stitching up a fucking chicken or something, like did not give a fuck. Like how, like that to me still blows my mind. Actually, really, that, that was almost to me when you were telling me that story, it's like a metaphor for, I guess... Men, not, and this is not all men. Obviously, whenever I'm talking about men, I'm not talking Hashtag about not all men. I'm not talking about every single man. We still have to have that disclaimer. Oh, I know, like, don't be fucking butthurt. I'm not talking about you. If you're a good guy, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the fact that we live in a man's world. We do. It's like mm. there's no denying that women are just starting to realize that mm. we're like just mm. recently waking up and going like, oh, weird, like. I just thought the fact that we could vote now meant that we just had to, <laughs> that we were equal. <laughs> um, yeah. No, we're not. But we're starting to realise that. But mm. that doctor to me kind of represented a lot of men and a lot of just mm. no compassion, no understanding or no appreciation or no, mm. like they don't, a lot of men, they, they really do not notice us. They do not notice what we do. They do not notice that if it wasn't for us, there would be no people. There would be no, um, like, our, we are the people that raise children. We are the people that make mm. children. We are the people that make mm. people and raise people. And, like, you know, we do so much and we have so much to give and yet mm. they just don't notice. They have no idea. Yeah. And you're sitting there on the table, legs spread, just like, you know, at that moment you were vulnerable to mm. to that guy. and. Mm. He just chose to be a see you next Tuesday. Like, yeah. well, I, I think um, you know there is there is zero respect um, in many, um, I guess, circles or you know, cult, you know, cultures or cultural elements of you know the world that we live in. That mm-hmm. you know, there's just no respect for women's autonomy and authority as the, you know, as the owners of their body. And, you know, we know what's up with our bodies, um, or at least we we should, you know. Um, We hold all the key, we we hold the key to all the answers for anything that's wrong um, in pregnancy, in birth. Mm. Um, We should know our bodies intimately um, in order, like I said before, to advocate for them. And um, I think there is a there is a problem with you know the medical establishment you know because we're talking about birth in dismissing that knowledge and that connection mm-hmm. um, and I think that's one of the the major ways that we could improve you know maternal health outcomes for women is for um, you know certain sectors of of our, you know, maternal healthcare system to actually start listening and respecting women and, mm. um, you know, hearing us and, um, you know, acknowledging that, yeah, we, we, are, we hold the answers. We have the key to um, everything that's going on inside of us. And, you know, we spoke about 
um, you know, that visibility and knowing what's going on with your period and your bleed. And, you know, for so many of us, that happens after birth or that happens, you know, in adulthood. And it should be happening a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how can we expect, um, you know, an obstetrician um, to respect us and, you know, respect our bodies and trust us um, when we don't even know what's going on ourselves? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we I think for women, a, a huge part of, um, you know, that shift and that change occurring is to, yeah, get get down with our bodies and know them really intimately and deeply so that, you know, we can stand up for them and, you know, speak our truth and, you know, assert ourselves and assert our, you know, our autonomy and, you know, demand, you know, the respect that, that we deserve. Yeah, absolutely. Like I know for me growing up, um, and I mean, we're kind of like, you know, going a little bit off topic here, but I, I used to be so embarrassed of discharge. Like I thought that Mm. there was something wrong with me as a teenager because I had discharge. Like I, but I was too scared to even like talk to my mum about it or, and Mm. I, and I grew up in a house of only girls, but you know, like other girls wouldn't talk about it. So I thought I was the only one that like ever had it. And even my mum never spoke about it. So I just assumed that Mm. it was just me. I was this only weird person. I didn't want to say, and I was like, do I need to see a doctor? Is there something wrong with me? Mm. But I didn't want to say something just out of Mm. embarrassment. It wasn't until I was like growing up and doing my own research and like literally Googling it to make sure that I was like, you know, normal Mm. that I started to realize that, it was normal and I, and I, there wasn't something wrong with me. And, you know, that's why I think it's just so like, there's so many young girls who think Mm. that they're the only ones experiencing any of this stuff. Because as you say, we know, like for ages, we've never spoken about anything. We've never talked about Mm. anything. And so it's so hard for these girls growing up being so disconnected from themselves and almost, I guess, disliking, you know, and that's kind of where, I guess like a dislike towards their body and towards themselves can mm. come from because they think that um, their body is almost like working against them in a way or it's like mm. they, they're embarrassed. They're embarrassed by their mm. own bodies and by just the mm. normal things that a body does. Mm. And then That's that right. just translate for years to come, you know, like through birth and through everything else. Mm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, um, you know, I, I had the exact same experience with discharge and it wasn't until I began um, trying to conceive my firstborn um, that I actually understood the different types of discharge yes. and when it occurred and what it signalled. And, um, you know, in terms of conceiving, it was actually, it, it turned out to be really important for me mm-hmm. to understand and know my discharge because I'm an early ovulator. Yeah, right. And it was only through my, you know, taking notes of my discharge that I was able to um, know when yeah. when that was occurring and, and that I was ovulating based on, um, yeah, based yeah. on the consistency of my discharge. Jesus, that's so, in- it's yeah. like, that is a, that is a rabbit hole that we are actually, I'm going to do an entire, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love that shit. Um, I'm going to do an entire series on like periods and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And I cannot Amazing. wait um, because God, we need a fucking whole series on it. There's so much to talk about. Mm. And I just want to like, 
oh, I just want young girls to, I just, that series alone, I just want to be able to throw in young girls' faces and be like, listen, mm. connect with your period. Like, I don't know. You don't have to like Absolutely. do rituals around it or whatever, but like, just understand it. Mm. <laughs> Me, on the yep. other hand, I was like reading all this witchy stuff about, you know, going out, planting it and like burning it and doing weird <laughs> rituals. And I'm like, love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's get back. Let's get back to what were we talking about? Why are you dig here? ourselves out of the rabbit hole? Yeah, I know we could get so so deep. Um, so yeah, back to supporting women <laughs> um, postnatally. Um, but you can see how it's such a multifaceted, oh, complex topic, isn't it? And it is because it, it, is. I think it, it really just... is. And I, I'd really like to acknowledge that, like that in this discussion, it is a hugely multifaceted, really complex topic, especially yes. when we want to talk about, you know, overcoming problems and improving outcomes and supporting women. It's like, it's just, it's so huge. Oh my God, it is. It really is so huge. And I think like mm. so much of it, all of it, all of this just comes back to, we, as women and like a lot of us just don't recognize our worth and we don't, mm. we don't act on it as well. You know, like mm. I know for me, I can sit there and say like, oh yeah, like I recognize my worth. I know what I'm worth, but then I have a baby and two days later I go straight back into life. I don't respect my body mm. enough to let it rest. I don't no. um, ask for help or do anything like that. And I just act like a superhuman for um, mm. you know, weeks, but then cry every single day. And, you know, like I yep. think so many of us do that. We really do not. Mm -hmm. And because we feel like we can't, like, mm. I know for me, like that's exactly what happened after I had Marley. And, you know, there were a lot of things that sort of happened, which meant that I didn't have any help and I was on my own straight away. Mm. But mm. Like I never demanded anything else. And I think we feel like we mm. can't, we feel like, well, every woman does it. So why, like, why, why do I need more um, time to rest? Or, you know, there are women that just straight jump straight back into work or they jump straight back into life or whatever it is. And mm. I think even I was um, really bad at almost, I guess, acting like I had it all together and acting like, mm you know, this is the normal, you can have a baby and you can just jump straight back into life and it's totally fine and almost um, idolizing that when mm. it really, like, I need to be real with everyone, like, don't do that, Jean. I know, I know. <laughs> and, you know, like that kind of thinking that, oh, well, other women did it um, yeah. or, you know, women do this every day. It's a cage and, yes. and it, it keeps us locked in in isolation and, you know, feeling alone and feeling unable to cope. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it has to start from an individual, mm -hmm. like you said, demanding better. You know, yes. if we're going to sit around and wait for other people to all of a sudden start valuing what we do, well, you know, fucking forget it. It's not going to happen. Yep. Um, the to world is going to suddenly turn around and start, you know, valuing women and seeing the amazing work that we do in, you know, sacrifice and raising our children and raising the next generation mm -hmm. of, you know, of people who will take care of us and, you know, run this world. Um, 
you know, they're not just going to suddenly turn around and start valuing that. We It has to come from us first. Yes. Um, and, you know, earlier, um, you know, when we first started to chat, I spoke about like the erosion and of respect and love for women and mother, you know, motherhood. And um, mm. it's just so important that, you know, in pregnancy and prior to birth, we begin rebuilding that connection to, you know, ourselves and our body and start cultivating this just deep love and gratitude for for our bodies and for everything it's about to do and going to do for us. Mm. Um, so that when we are on the other side um, after birth, you know, we can demand what we deserve and what we deserve is the absolute gold standard yes. of care and love and support. Absolutely. Because, and the other thing is like going into motherhood, one thing I've realized is you cannot be the best mother or you cannot, yet yeah, you cannot mm. parent your kids until you can look up, like until you can look after yourself. You know, you have to mm. be the best. You don't worry about being a good mum because you can't be a good mum if your cup's empty. You can't be a good mum if, right. if your health is not at peak. You know, like we mm. put ourselves last all the time. Nutritionally, we put mm. ourselves last. Like just everything, yeah. if something broke, it's all right. We just ignore so many things, our mental health, so many things mm. we put last because we think that we're a bad mum by putting it first. That is so mm. fucking fucked. That's messed up because it needs to be the other way around. If you Absolutely. are not mentally healthy, if you are not physically healthy, how can mm. you possibly look after your kids? 100%. And, you know, like the the perfect parent or the perfect mother just doesn't exist. No. First of all. So just drop that. Just drop that. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> fucking forget it. No it such thing. Exist. Stop trying to, you know, to reach it. It's, you know, you're never going to get there. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, we, we parent how we were parented. Mm-hmm. And for me, one of the most amazing things that I've done um, since becoming a mum is confronting and healing, you know, deeply personal and held, um, you know, wounds and trauma mm-hmm. from, you know, from throughout my life. Um, and it's been it's been the best thing for me um, as a parent and as a mother um, and. Any woman who, you know, is, like I said before, you know, pregnant or about to give birth, I think it's one of the best things that you can do for yourself is to invest in, um, you know, whether it's a psychologist or, um, you know, a coach or, you know, someone who can help you work through all of those things that you've been avoiding. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that yeah, when you are on the other side, you know you're not battling <laughs> against um, you know all those old um, you know difficult feelings, yeah. and um, because that was one of when I had my son, you know I I had struggled with depression since I was about nineteen, mm. and um, it was like just butting my head against the wall when my son was born because all the all those same things that I'd been you know, pushing against and avoiding and it, they all just kept creeping up and I think that's what happens in motherhood and why it's mm-hmm. so hard because your your children reflect back to you 
um, yes. who you are. That's right. <laughs> it's like, fuck. They're oh, mirrors. Fuck. I don't like that. I don't like that. <laughs> um, and you, it's, you can't, it's like, yeah, it's like hitting your head against the wall and, um, you know, the, the coping mechanisms and the strategies that I had just weren't working anymore because, you know, my life was, you know, completely different and, you know, it just didn't work. And so I was forced to mm-hmm. actually deal with my shit. So and true. Kids, like, accelerate that process. Yeah, they do. And they they're, really... They're like little mirrors. They and are. They hold the mirror up and you're like, ugh. And, like... <laughs> How's this for like a perception on these kids? They are here to make us better people because they do, they yeah. test every single time they test mm. us. Every little trigger yep. is an opportunity yep. for us to like, mm-hmm. it is, it's a mirror, an opportunity for us to yep. look back at ourselves and go, why does that trigger me? Or why am I responding yeah. in this way? Or why mm. does that make me feel this way? Because Absolutely. otherwise we're just going to keep going around life doing exactly like acting exactly how we were. I know since I've had kids, yeah. I've become a better, per- like I've, you know, this, I've mm. just turned into a different person because mm. my kids have made me, they have shown me so many things mm. about myself and I've had to like, you know, become stronger. I've had to really like recognize mm. all of these things. And I loved, loved, loved what you were saying about um, healing traumas and healing, mm. um, even like, be- you know, beliefs that we've grown up with, and because yeah. it's so yep. true. Yep. There's so beliefs. Yep. Yes, there's so many things that we we just have accepted about ourselves, and we just go, mm. "That's just me. That's my personality, or whatever it is." Yep. But I've recently started seeing a counselor, um, and because mm. I love, I've always been in that sort of mind frame of um, wanting to heal those things, and I'm really like quite mm. conscious of that. But you can't do it on your own. You just can't. There's a reason that there are professionals and there is a reason that they spend so many years doing what they do. And people Mm. resonate with different people. Like I have seen. You need to find what works, you know, what works for you. And there's so many different like modalities of of healing and talking that you can do. But like, you know, having things swirling around, just kind of taking up space in your mind, it, it, it just won't take you anywhere. What a waste. Just what a waste mm. of time because, mm. you know, we're, mm. we're only here for, you know, so long, whatever it is, like may as well enjoy mm. it. May as well really might make the well. most of it. Yeah, exactly. Why be, why feel shitty all the why time? Not? That's like, <laughs> I think there's, there is a lot of stigma. Like it blows my mind that mm. there's so many women and men, of course, but obviously mm, course. there's, I think there's like maybe three guys that listen to this. Um, and how are you? Thank you very much. I love you. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we, there's so many women that fear getting help because I mm. think the thing is they think that by getting help, it means that they're failing. It's like mm. admitting to failure, which it is absolutely not. Getting help. No. It's not even getting help. It's just personal development. That's what it is. That's it's right. just like, yeah. It's just you, like, learning you more. You're just getting to understand yourself Mm -hmm. because I know that for me was, like, my favourite thing about um, seeing, like, seeing a counsellor or seeing a healer or whatever is because Mm. they know what to look for. They can call Mm. out the bullshit that Mm. you are not ready to admit to. Mm. And, you know, a lot of your friends and family maybe they're used to you or maybe they're like, maybe they haven't called it out yet, but they see mm. it. They see the bullshit. They mm. call you out when you 
um, respond to a certain situation or whatever in a particular way mm. because that's just um, stemmed from some particular trauma from when you were a child or whatever. So now you respond mm. to all situations that way and that is limiting mm. you and that is causing mm. you grief or whatever it is. But, like, mm. the thing is you can fuck all that off. That's right. Can just let go of things that don't serve you anymore yeah. and just why not be free from it? Totally. <laughs> like, why keep it? Why, why, yeah, hold on to things and to think, yeah, but that are not serving you in this life, you know, and that goes for if you're a mother or not. Oh, totally, um, yep. I think it's just, as you said, like it really, that process is accelerated so much more when we've mm. got children because it's like you don't have, you don't have time. You need to sort that shit out. It's like the universe or whoever, mm. whatever you want to believe in is like forcing you to deal with your shit mm. because otherwise it's mm. just going to be passed along to your kids. At some point we need to like, right. you need to be the one that heals that, um, that lineage of trauma. Yep. Um, Absolutely. another thing that I've really been like on that subject, something I've really noticed lately and has been on my mind a lot is, you know, we, um, we look at our parents now, grand, uh, like our mothers and our grandmothers and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know about you, but my Nana, for instance, she was like the perfect wife, the perfect mother. She was mm. so, so beautiful. And, you know, she just was a stay at home mom and she, mm. you know, cooked every single meal, homemade, blah, blah, blah. Just like perfect, perfect, perfect. And so mm. in my head, that's what I've always seen. I've just seen her as that perfect mother. And same, even my mum, like, was so amazing. And, I mean, she, you know, raised four kids and I got to see, I guess, a little bit more realness. But still, mm. because they that was that generation of perfect, that perfect woman. Mm. And it's so funny. It's not since recently, I guess, you know, now that the beautiful thing about social media is that, we share and women are starting to realize, you know, I think we think that there's this huge epidemic of PND, but there's not, we are just discussing mm. it. That is mm. what I've noticed because ever since I've started, you know, talking about this and like, you know, doing podcasts on it and posts on it and people started, have started discussing it. Like it's a normal, real thing that we all, not all of us, but you know, we're just discussing the, um, I guess the struggles of motherhood. Mm. that my mum, my aunties, Chris's aunties, great aunties, all these women go, oh, mm. yeah, I definitely had Pandy so badly. And I was like, mm. and I'm going, what did you do? Oh, I never told anyone. I, you, like people didn't mm. speak about that those days. You know, like we are almost upholding ourselves to a standard that was fake. Mm. Mm. That's just we, we thought that that, that they had all their shit together. We thought that they were like these perfect parents and they didn't struggle. They never went through any of this, but they did, but they never got to talk about it. Mm. And we're so lucky now that we actually live in this age where we can connect through social media. And if you're doing it right and you're using show, like Instagram in the right mm. way and you're following, you know, real accounts and amazing women. Like I know for me, I've just mm. met so many beautiful, incredible, inspiring women. You just being one of Absolutely. them. Absolutely. That mm. there's so many, like it has helped me exponentially because there's so many things I'm like, oh, I'm not alone. It's not just me. I'm not the only one thinking that or feeling that. And so I don't think we have an epidemic of PND. I think we're actually getting to a stage where we may be able to 
heal women more from it because Absolutely. they're starting to realise that we're not alone. That's right. It's a it's a strange way to rebuild a village on Instagram. Isn't it? It is. It's kind of like, you know, what it is, um, yes. you know, creating those those connections of support and community um, via social media. Um, but it's, it's one thing that I think, you know, should be, you know, planning postpartum, I think, should be a priority for for every um, for every birthing person because you know we we're geared so much towards birth and then it kind of stops there yeah. and yes. we don't think about maintaining support and maintaining connection and who's that person that we can call at three a.m. you know for support um, who are the people that we can call on to you know bring a meal over for us or to just come over and bring a mm. coffee and have a chat. Um, you know, who were the health professionals that I trust to support me on my journey and, um, you know, what's their information when I need it? Like so many things that we can do yeah, that's prior so to birth to serve us in postpartum. What are the things that bring me joy? What are the things that I can, you know, that I can do that I know will elevate my mood and help me feel better and help me feel grounded and connected? Like, you know, just... Some of those, um, you know, small things that we can do to, yes. you know, to plan, you know, postpartum. Absolutely. And I love what you were t- like saying about um, the connection and the community. Like that is really important. And it's so important, like, to have connections with women that are real. You know, there's no mm. point in just talking about, like, I think we discussed this before we started recording. We were talking about um, how... <laughs> Like, I think my friend went to a mother's group the other day and they were like, you know, so what milestones is your child hitting? And like, are they breastfed or bottle fed? And like, it was just all these surface level questions because that's just what Mm. we're used to asking each other because that's Mm. what we read in the books and that's what we're told is important is Mm -hmm. that, you know, they're sleeping from this this time until this time. And like, you know, if you're not hitting all of Mm. those things, then, you know, you're basically failing as a mother. Instead Mm. of talking about things like, so how did you feel like after it all, you know, did you have that day where like, did you just cry every day for a week? Because so did I. And mm-hmm. like, you know, just asking like people how they are and having those real connections and like, yeah, you're not whinging about the fact that you're a mum. you don't hate your kid. But the thing is being a mum is hard. Being a human is hard, but like looking after another human being responsible for them is really hard. And yeah, sorry, go on. Oh, I was going to say, it, I wish someone had told me that I would grieve for my past life and that it was mm. okay to do that. And I also wish someone had told me that I would lose total autonomy yeah. <laughs> um, for, you know, for the first six weeks in the sense of, you know, breastfeeding on demand and, yeah. you know, skin to skin and, you know, just your physical presence and energy being, you know, needed around the clock for that, you know, for that immediate, you know, six to 12 week um, period. And, you know, but that it was, it's just what it was and that it would, you know, that it would ease. Um, It was a, it was a huge shock to not be able to just pick up a bag and go for a walk when I needed some air or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just, 
go off and take a day to myself, you know, like I said before about, you know, the coping strategies not working. Um, I really wish I'd had that heads up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. It would have would have made things a lot easier and particularly to know that it was okay and that I was allowed to grieve for, you know, my, my life before kids and just know that it was a transition and a journey to, you know, to something new. Yes, so much. Yeah, mm. that physical demand, I think that's one of the things that hits women more than anything when they've had, like just mm. things like showering, peeing on mm. your own, like having mm. to think, you can't do anything without having to think about someone else, just even small mm. things. I think that constant physical demand and emotional demand, just that even like emotional um, like mm. load on your brain is mm. intense. And yeah, yes. you're right. You know, it's something that I think we need to be um, more transparent about. Because Absolutely. it is hard. And that's why it is important to just, like, I think sometimes for a lot of people, I think people are, are scared to be real because they're not sure about how yeah. it's going to be, um, I guess, how the other person's going to respond. I know for me it's so funny. Yeah. Sometimes I go to, like, I've been going to, like, a mums and bubs yoga class or something with the new people. <laughs> and I'm a social person. And I'm, like, obviously how I am now is how I am all the time I'm like telling people I'm you know just straight up I'm like oh my god like you know talking about my vagina or whatever and these new women that have never met me before are just like so taken back they do not know how to take that and I'm like oh my god okay you're too much that's too much you can't just that's not how you talk to people straight off the bat just, just tell them about his milestones yeah I know and I'm like but then at the same time I'm like if I'm not brave, how can I expect anybody else to be? That's you know, right. like That's we've exactly just got right. to start doing it. So then we give um, the people who, you, I guess, sort of struggle a little bit more with that. Like I'm mm. naturally a confident person, but mm. a lot of people aren't. So the more mm. that we are brave enough to be real and brave enough to talk about the things That's that right. other people don't want to talk about, we mm. give them, I guess, the green light to yeah. respond in that way. And it is, you know, they're they're really, you know, vulnerable, like difficult conversations to start having. Like I get that, but you know, if we can initiate them, yeah, you can give someone the green the green light, or just give them permission to, mm. to open up and share their story. And I mean, how amazing would it be to be in a mothers group where you could share openly and mm-hmm. you know pull your resources together yes. um, and, you know, navigate parenting together and come up with solutions um, yeah. to the challenges that you're facing together. And, like, as far as I know, that's the whole point of a mother's group is to, you know, work out how to how to do this together, you know, like... Yeah. How can I keep my kid alive without losing the fucking plot? How can I keep my kid and myself alive? Like, how, how do yeah. we do this? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Or, you know, how can we do this together? Like, yeah. how can we, you know, let's meal prep together. Let's go to the park together. Let's, yeah. yeah, let's keep each other accountable um, to goals that we set or to, yeah. you know, things that we need to do, like, you know, like you said before about, you know, just talking about milestones and, you know, oh, I made this choice, well, I've made this choice and what are you doing? Like, there's just, <laughs> there's so many more ways that we can connect with each other and support each other, but it op- it opens us up. Yeah, to, that's exactly um, 
yeah, to being vulnerable and um, actually having to yeah share difficult things and yeah, we need to stop being afraid of that for sure. Yeah, grab grab the bloody horn. What is it? Grab the bull by the horns or whatever. The bull by the horns. Yeah, do that. <laughs> I reckon we do. We'll all do that from now on, you know, like, and there's so much healing to be done in opening up. That's something that I've really, like, that's why when you go to see a counsellor or whatever, you talk. That's the whole thing. It's Mm -hmm. like as soon as you start discussing and talking and being real, that's where the real Mm -hmm. healing is because all of a sudden it's out of your head. It's out in the open. You realise it's not that scary anymore and you realise you're not the only one going through it. So... Mm -hmm. We should actually probably wrap this up. One, because it's been going on for a long time. Two, because Chris is texting me going, babe, you need to. We discussed this beforehand. My phone was dying and I just told Chris to meet me downstairs at 11 o'clock. And he goes, no, you write my number down because and you give me a call when you're done because I know you. And it's 20 past 11. So he was right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got text messages coming through as well. I've kicked my husband and children out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're like mum, it's so fucking cold out of here. <laughs> Let us in. Can we come back inside now? Um, but oh, that was so, I feel, uh, like we could have gone on for another year, I reckon. But thank so. you, Brooke. <laughs> thank you so, so much for coming on and for chatting with me. I loved it so much. And I'm sure that so many women listening um, were inspired and if you're not already following Bouncing Back from Birth on Instagram, you must, you should right away. Um, also, all of the products that Brooke um, has either made herself or stocks, um, uh, that is like should be your go-to for baby shower presents because it is what women need not what they want but what they need (laughs) when going through they may not want a squeezy bottle that they point at their giant when they do wheeze but they need it so they need it yeah (laughs) so thank you so much brooke um for coming on and chatting i'll put i'll put all your details and everything into the show notes as well so people can find you um Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode. If you enjoy this shit, which I hope you do, if you're still listening, good on you, um, make sure to rate, review. What's the other thing? Rate, review, leave. uh, Subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. Thanks, girl, (laughs) um, to my podcast so that we can get the world out there um, and my podcast is better and, you know, then it just helps everyone slash mostly me, but also everyone. So thank you. <laughs> um, again, thank you so much, Brooke, for coming on and having a chat with me. I really, really loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Please Ask Mickey is a Hit Network original podcast produced at Hit 105 Studios in Brisbane. Created, hosted, and produced by Michaela Burnett. Check out pleaseaskmickey.com. Editorial support from Julia Foskey, executive producers Scott McDonald and Matthew Eggleston. For more great audio stories, check out hit.com.au.